Are the expectations way too high? Where do we go from here? The only question, how long can it last? What's up, everybody? Welcome to Zero to 100. I'm Zach DeSalvo, joined by my co-host, Eric Padilla. And we've got our friend of the pod, Alex Crescenti, with us today to talk about March Madness and all things sports. Fellas, how are we doing? How are those brackets looking? It's, uh, it's been rough. I've had better brackets. Bed had, bed had, no, bed had better brackets. I can't even talk. These, the madness is getting to me, Zach. <laughs> you just, you're totally pulled pull apart by this... Uh, as Oral Roberts' victory now as the night comes to a close. but it, Yeah, it's I, I feel like we still got another big surprise ahead of us somewhere. Yeah, Crescenti's bracket so fucked the guy can't even talk right now. It could be a rough pod, yeah, considering, yeah, the whole <laughs> idea is we have to talk. Yeah, uh, for you listeners out there, you're you're coming to the professionals here for your for your sports takes, and uh, our, our brackets aren't looking very good, so we're maybe not quite as professional as we thought we were. Well, the thing that I love about this time of year is everyone turns into a professional taker here. Like everyone turns into an expert on Oral Roberts and Butler and Southern Texas. Like all of a sudden, like they have a great pressure on the D there. They really get to the bucket. Great senior guard play. Great senior guards. Okay, fellas. So uh, we are recording this pod at around 7.30 p.m. on Sunday. So we've gotten through most of the games for the Sunday slate, but there's, I think Oklahoma State is the last one to play tonight. So we'll see if anything big happens between them and Oregon State. But how are you? what do you guys feel about the first round so far? I mean, I feel like this one has had a lot more upsets than usual. It's, I mean, for me personally, it's, Pretty, been pretty crazy, even though I haven't watched any college basketball all season. So all this is really the first time I've been watching yeah. at all. But um, yeah, I mean, some of these some of these top teams aren't really looking like top teams. And obviously, like March Madness, um, the names in it, Madness especially. But I don't know. Yeah, like these top teams, they just don't look as good. They look like they can't handle the pressure. Like we were talking yesterday about – I don't know what team it was that just couldn't get through the press and we're just struggling. And that's kind of what we, we've been seeing a little bit. Full court um, press is ridiculous in college basketball. <laughs> it, it's, it's like so frustrating how it always works. These teams, I swear at the end of these games, they can't even like inbound the ball or just get five feet up the court without turning it over. Like, I mean, the Cougs did a great job of that in the Pac-12 tournament too, but. The beauty of this tournament is there's a bunch of small schools that get in that in college football would never be allowed. So you have the Texas, Texas Southerns and Iona's and Drake's and all these small schools that you have to remember, they come from places where the, the players, they, yeah, they're D one, but they're not that great compared to, you know, even the, the power five conferences and, um, you know, all the in the Big East and all these other big schools here, which have NBA players on their team. Like, so like it's not it's no like uh, surprise when you see like these players just absolutely messing up left and right. I think it's a little bit of combination of just like, oh, they're just college kids and they don't really, you know, still don't really know what they're doing. And it makes up like this bubble situation um, being a little bit weird this year. Um, and also that pressure, because this happens every year. I don't I wouldn't say there's necessarily more upsets this year than, you know, in previous years, but it is still has that authentic feeling to it. Like, yeah, you, you miss out on the fans looking ridiculous in the stands and them crying. I love that every year. Um, the bands crying, um, you know, you, you always, it's always some kid sobbing in the audience yes. that turns into a GIF. Yeah. Zach's going to be like licking that kid's tears after like his bet goes <laughs> after through my gambling winnings. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I had the Villanova money line. Cry for me, child. <laughs> <laughs> Abilene Christian, baby. Cash and in. Texas is not back. Um, I, I so I guess what is the biggest surprise so far for you guys, though? I guess if it's a single team, Ohio State was probably the biggest upset, right? I mean, Easily. I don't know that oh, they yeah. were I don't think anyone was really picking them to win the whole thing, but that was pretty big. And then now I guess it's the second round now, but like Illinois losing was, I think there was a lot of people that thought Illinois could win the whole thing. 
Yeah, they were hot. Like they yeah. came into the tournament that like that loss is maybe more stunning than the Ohio State one because usually the teams that play well in March are the ones that come in with all the momentum in the world and it's right. just hard to stop them. And so that one was a little puzzling when you see like, oh wow, like where did that come from? Because like so many people were picking them to go to the finals against Gonzaga. So yeah, that one in a way is more shocking than the Ohio State one. And they've, I mean, Illinois also has, like you said, I mean, they've got, I think one or two players that probably will, I know they have one guy that everyone thinks will go pretty high in the draft, but they've got some really good yeah, talent on that team. Yeah. So it was surprised. I think that was probably the biggest surprise, even though it was the second round. Well, you guys aren't even talking about the biggest surprise, which is that the PAC 12 is undefeated in this tournament. Oregon state, dude, I, uh, Conference I'm, of champions. I'm big on Oregon State. Like that, that was a a bet, one of the bets that I placed that paid out pretty well. And like they're another team that they're hot right now. And like they shot the lights out in that game that they won against whoever they upset in the first round. See, yeah, Oregon State is the greatest example of why you have these conference tournaments that where you like someone can steal a bid and just do this stupid thing and just just ruin the whole thing where they, they're currently up by eight. And if they win this matchup against Oklahoma State while we're recording right now, like they're in the Sweet 16s. Like, what the heck? Like, this team is no good. Like, they're just not a good team, but somehow they could find them themselves in the final 16 teams. And it's Oklahoma just, State's a great team. I mean, they've got like one team, of the yeah. probably the top overall, the number one overall pick in the NBA draft coming up this year. So yeah, it, it's pretty surprising. But the, you like it's interesting how I feel like in college basketball, like three-point shooting has been such a big thing and now it's like now that the three is becoming more popular in basketball in general like you just get so many more chances for these smaller schools to just get hot from behind the arc and then they end up getting the upset oh yeah and if you catch a team on a bad night it because it is a one and done tournament if you catch a team on a bad night and you shoot lights out like yeah you're gonna have a good shot at beating them there so yeah, I mean, I think in terms of the basketball, we, we nothing's really like it's still at a high level um, where you can tell like we're like with the college football season, you could tell how just much of a joke it was because teams would be coming out there with like 35 guys <laughs> dressed up <laughs> like, and, you know, at least with here, like they got full rosters and it's still like the product still looks like, OK, quality. I'm curious, Crescenti, you mentioned, I think the other day with the Oregon and VCU game getting canceled that you kind of, I, I don't know if you were joking or if you're serious, but you're basically saying that the whole tournament kind of has a big asterisk next to it now because you had a game that had to be won by default by one of the seeds. So like, were you serious with yeah. that or do you semi serious because, uh, you know, especially if Gonzaga wins, because, because of the way the tournament is set up in the fact that it has so much chaos to it and you have to win six straight games here and anything's possible. Like we've seen that now with, you know, uh, two out of the past four years, Loyola, Chicago, Chicago, Loyola, whatever, sister Jean. And (laughs) we've seen that where, (laughs) where basically anyone can make a run. So who's to say VCU wouldn't have shocked the world and got to the elite eight or final four. Like you just don't know. Um, and they're in Gonzaga's, you know, bracket, a region of the bracket where, you know, they're the, the odds on favorite to win the whole thing. So, like, I, I just think, like, it's the thing that was the NBA was so desperately trying to avoid, like, kicking a team out of the bubble that maybe would have had a shot to win it because then it, like, sort of tarnishes it. Now, it's this is going to get sort of put under the rug and, you know, under the radar because it's only one matchup out of, I think, 67 games. So people are going to kind of naturally forget about it. But I think it is something you have to remember, like, oh, they had a, had, they had a game canceled due to COVID. And if you had a guess, they might lose another team here because I don't know if this is the strictest bubble in the world. And um, it's just it, you just don't know. And the two teams that I think it probably kind of gets pushed under the rug, too, because it's two teams that no one really had a ton of faith to make a deep run. I mean, like Oregon could get smoked by Iowa tomorrow. And then like both of those, like it could just be forgotten after that. I feel it like. could be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I kind of feel like it's already been forgotten because like yesterday uh, we were watching these games and I see that Oregon basically advanced because of the whole COVID issue. 
I wake up this morning, don't even think about it. I'm pretty sure people have already kind yeah, of forgotten for sure. about it because there's just so many games that are being played that they're kind of just like, eh, like Zach said, Oregon, VCU probably aren't going to make that big of a run. But like you said, Crescenti, if you go based off the what if, there's a chance that they could. But just the fact that there's been so many close games and just still so many games left, they're kind of just like, all right, it's, that's just one game between two teams that most people, not anybody really was interested in besides their own fans that it's just kind of, I think it's already been forgotten about, but like, I mean, if teams start trickling down and there's a lot of more, if there's a lot more cancellations then okay. I think it'll go, it'll go back to it. But as of right now, with just one game, I think everybody's just kind of forgotten about it and just like, okay, whatever, let's just make sure that we can move on without losing another game. But I think, between Oregon and BCU, that's kind of just in the back rows now. I don't think anybody's really paying attention about that. No, yeah, I think I think you're right about that. I, I think most people will have forgotten about it after week one. Um, it, it was it was yesterday. It was on a Saturday. It just sort of gets buried beneath that first weekend. If it were to happen to like the Sweet 16 Elite Eight, obviously it could be a much much bigger story. Yeah. There's just um, too many headlines stealing games to like, I mean, yes, yeah. like that happened. And then there was like three upsets later that day. So it was like, I mean, everyone was talking about Abilene Christian instead of talking about, you know, Oregon. No, that was just canceled. you, Zach. Oh, no, it wasn't just me. That was <laughs> big time money winnings there, baby. What's been what? sort of your favorite moment so far of the tournament? Has it been some of these, like, you see some of these, like, just corny-looking fans in the stands or Sister Jean oh. or, like, what, what's what been your favorite part? Sister Jean's in my least favorite part. She's just <laughs> we'll, we'll have to do a whole segment on that. She's just trying to take the attention away from uh, from her own team and put oh, it on herself. No. Get wow. off the stage, Sister Jean. Um, oh, wow. Dude, I don't... <sighs> I don't really know. I mean, the upsets are always the best part of the tournament, but this is going to go back to Loyola, Chicago. Did you see their fans dancing? Oh, dude, I was going to say that. Yes. Oh, cringeworthy. That that video is pretty I think that's my favorite part so far, just because they look like, I mean, they're also, I think they're kids too. So I don't really probably like the kids of coaches or something. I don't really want to shit on them too much, but my God, dude, they need dancing lessons after that. Yeah. When it looks that bad, you kind of got to shit on them. Who th- yeah, who I you mean, think it- taught him, Sister Jean. That's probably why it sucked so much. I bet, I bet <laughs> I mean, she was behind it. What is what wrong the- with you? Why do you hate her so much? She's just such a fraud. Like, why? Why does she get? She gets more attention than the players. Like, she gets more attention than the players. These these guys are like they're working their ass off. They're doing these crazy upsets, and everyone's like, "Oh, Sister Jean had the magic spell cast over Illinois." Like, no, she didn't. It was the players. Stop talking about her. That's witchcraft. Well, what about the center from Loyola Chicago that looks like one of the uh, trailer park boys or the uh, uh oh gosh what oh he looks called? like the big dude from beer fest yes two, yeah he, him and those uh those two guys from eastern that just had the nasty looking beards that they each dropped like 30 points in that Kansas oh, game. that's one game i wish would have went the other way yeah me too My i hate i hate kansas but that eastern team just kind of came out of nowhere and those two brothers were just amazing yeah i think if 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 I were to talk about my favorite moments from uh, from the tournament so far, it would definitely be Oregon State plus 310, Ohio <laughs> plus 280, Abilene Christian plus 350, and a five-game parlay between Loyola Chicago, Syracuse, Florida State, Creighton, and Iowa. Man, what a weekend. Oh, my God. I'm... So I'm You've guessing gone you're full getting... on degenerate. God, it, ha- guy... it, it just makes you so interested in the tournament. Like I, I mean, I, I was hammered, but I was fucking electric the other night when the uh, <laughs> that Abilene Christian game was just insane. Same See, with the Creighton one. That was like a one point win. I was I was sweating because they were one of my safer picks in that parlay. See, one of the my least favorite thing, and I get why they did it this year because of the COVID protocols. They wanted to push it back a day, but like the tournament going Thursday through Sunday is yeah. so much better than like going into Monday. Cause now we got to go to work tomorrow and then watch sweat through these games. Right. I know it's, it's way better when it starts Thursday because then like that whole last two anyway. days of work, you're kind of, everyone's distracted by the tournament, but now it, that it's a Monday, it's kind of hard to, to be like, Oh, I'm not going to pay attention at work on a Monday. Yeah. So yeah, that'll be one thing that, that is sort of disappointing, but, uh, 
Yeah, I'm glad you've coming around to it. Now I, I now we can <laughs> expect you to be here like every March as an expert, Zach. I got I got a feeling like next year you're gonna be in Vegas. Just be like, yeah, we'll see, no, Chris Any, my thing is I, I don't I don't hate on March Madness. I, I was just hating on the that like the whole idea of selection Sunday being the greatest day in the world. Like I just hate on the NCAA. Yeah. <laughs> First I do love all, the gambling opportunities yeah. though. Can we talk about the women's gym compared to the men's gym? Yeah, they certainly fixed that pretty quick. I saw they got all their uh, their new equipment. I, 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 I mean, I covered that story a little bit um, this past Friday, and I kind of wonder like, if there's a side to the story we're not exactly hearing. Because, I mean, the women didn't start playing till today, so I think teams were still starting to arrive. But I wonder if it's a situation where they were planning on filling it up. Because there's, I just find it hard to believe that it was just going to be a training table and 10 dumbbells. Like, no, I think you're I, right. Like they had to, like, maybe there was a delay in the, yeah. the equipment coming. Like, and but I know just, people will say like, well, there wasn't a delay in the men's equipment, but yeah. like, I don't know. Cause didn't like the president of the NCAA didn't even come out and say anything. He had the people below him kind of give some sorry ass excuse. But I wonder if it's one of those things where like they just got so far behind on the PR and they were just getting absolutely dunked on left and right from everyone that it was just mm, sort of futile at a certain point. You're talking about the NCAA. (laughs) They ain't saints, dude. They know what they were doing. They're fucked. They're corrupt. And dude, good for those girls to call them out too. Like that was great. Everybody was calling them out. Yeah, wasn't it the the Oregon player? I feel like it was kind of leading the charge on that one, right? Is that it was it was I on? yeah, it was the Oregon player. Uh I forgot what her name was, but yeah, but, but then, then everybody again, else like, even came out. I, I'm a little confused about like if that was like the sole training area because I've seen pictures of like the Cougs training in like some sort of convention looking room and it was way different looking. So I'm like, are do different like regions have different like sections? I wonder like I think you're right. There probably is a lot more to it that like, as far as reasoning, but I think it is one of those things where like, even if they come out and say like, Oh, it was because this, this, and this happened, like they're still going to get shit on. Yeah. No, it's the viral, like once the viral video and photos already go, like you, it's kind of hard to come back from that. I mean, they even had like the pictures of what the male athletes get in their hotel room as like swag packages versus like what you get. And it was, I don't know, like it was kind of, it was definitely yeah, less. Probably stuff. get like some Samsung TVs and a Xbox yeah. One X, you know? I mean, I think a big part of it too is like the men's tournament just makes so much more money. But oh, yeah, money at the end of the day, it's all money, right? Yeah. Um, you know, that, that's the thing that, but, and, but this was sort of an opportunity for the NCAA where it's like, this is completely in their control where you're creating a bubble situation where it's like, okay it's it's basically all us here and not these separate sites we can show off how well we can put it on an event here and how well we can like really you know have this glowing like whoa they were able to do this kind of like the nba bubble situation yeah like, but they just failed um big time i'm curious for you guys before we kind of finish up our our current takes on the tournament so far, like what is your guys's strategy for filling out the bracket or like the teams you pick? Like kind of do you like, do you guys just kind of pick at random and go with your gut or do you, you know, look into some of the stats and stuff like that? Um, I think for me, if you don't count, I mean, this year was all basically like a coin flip besides like the top teams, which is Gonzaga and Baylor. Cause I feel like a lot of people just kind of have them going to the finals, but yeah, I mean, this year I just was like, I was looking at these and I kind of go based off of um, like notable wins. So like, I want to see how many wins they got in the top 25, what the record was against ranked opponents and stuff like that, especially for like the underdog teams. Cause if those ones have notable uh, top 25 wins and stuff like that, I kind of lean t- more towards them with a possible upset because obviously they can get it done and get it done against top teams. But I mean, this year it was all just, it was all just guessing. Like I said before, I didn't watch really anything other than Coug basketball. So really wasn't great basketball that I watched all season, <laughs> but um, yeah, you, I mean, usually I watch it enough and usually we have 
like the top teams, we know who they are and they're usually a lot better, but this year was just, this year was crazy. Like you got teams like, um, like Illinois coming out of nowhere, Houston that are all of a sudden really good Baylor being even better. And I mean, Gonzaga has been at the top for the last few years, but yeah, this one was tough. Uh, obviously my bracket's not looking too hot because I'm <laughs> going with some of the top seeds and they're getting upset. Yeah, I think for me, the, the strategy is to look at the hot teams going in because if you had a nice win over Kansas or Duke or Kentucky in December, that really doesn't translate three months later, right? So what, And also, you're just trying to make sure that you have a good majority of your Elite Eight teams and Final Four teams when those rounds come, you know, come around because like, it's just so hard. Like, you want to do those brave picks and be able to be like, have as many points as possible going, you know, out of the first weekend, but like, who's actually going to pick a one seed or a two seed to lose in that first weekend. It's rare. Like most people are going to have the one and two seeds, um, you know, winning their matchups, their first two matchups. And then maybe once you get to the three and four seeds, maybe that's when people start to upset, but people like start to, Really, people love the idea of the delicious 12 5 matchup. <laughs> like, people love those upsets all around. And that's where, like, naturally you get trapped into it thinking, like, oh, well, the odds say that this 12, which is actually a pretty good mid major, has a chance to beat this, you know, power five team that was okay. Like, you know, so it's, it's always about finding sort of that balance and be like, all right, how do I maximize my points here? You know, you sort of you, yeah. you want to put pick some upsets because at the end of the day, like you're going to hear like Clark Kellogg and, you know, Kenny uh, Smith and, you know, uh, all these people out on CBS that they'll act like they know these, um, you know, teams, but they've seen maybe 20 minutes more worth of film than you have on some of these teams. Right. Yeah. So it's all about, you know, they, they just need to sound good, but like no one really knows what they're doing in this tournament. Yeah. I'm pretty big on, um, using like the team stats. Like I basically just, you know, look like you can go download like a big file of all the stats from the year and then just compare the two teams that are like head to head matchup. And, you know, you can, if you look at like 15 categories of stats and one team is better and like 10 of them, then I usually, kind of have that be my deciding factor for who I'm going to pick. And then I'll kind of like look back through the bracket and be like, okay, do I really think that that like that team actually is better or is it, you know, they play like a really shitty schedule. And so you look at like strength of schedule too, but I feel like that's been pretty effective in kind of trying to figure out what those upsets could be because you can, you can kind of get it down to like, I mean, basically that's what I did this year. Like I put money on, eight games and I was like okay here's the eight games that I feel like are the highest chances of upsets and like three of them hit so that's all I really need you sound like fellow analytic uh, superstar sister Jean right there <laughs> no Jean, I'm, I'm Daryl Morey over here baby it's all it's all about the data so what are your thoughts on China no comment <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, uh, live ups, uh, live update. No one's going to care once this pod comes out, but Washington state down by one to South Florida in the third quarter, five twenty to play. Ooh, I forget that they play four quarters quarters and yeah. women's. Yeah. Someone's got to explain that to me. It's weird, but yeah. Or is it just, is it weird that the men's play halves? 20 minutes is like, that's a it's marathon. A it's a long time. It's, it's a long time. How much do the girls play? How, how long are their quarters? Like eight minutes. Yeah. Oh, so they play minutes? the same amount of time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but it's just split up. It's weird too. How I guess I've never really noticed this, but they don't do this in the regular season. Do they, where they take like, uh, like TV timeouts for the games? No, they do. Oh, yeah. they do. Yeah. Wow. They do the media timeouts every four minutes in, in the half. So okay. Oh, yeah. wow. Like if, yeah, if you don't notice dude in college basketball, they take timeouts like crazy. No, it's, it's like, that's one thing that I think is kind of frustrating about it is it's, I know they like have to basically for their advertising dollars and stuff, but it's like, it's man, so they... weird too. When like coaches call a timeout, like 15 seconds before they know immediate timeout. Right. Like, what are you doing? You're wasting a timeout. Yeah. I bet it too, that it, um, that's probably why they do the halves like that because, like if you were doing quarters and on top of that, you're doing all these media timeouts, like there would just be too much, too much timeout. What the, it seems like a, just really quick note there is like, 
the college basketball does review situations a little bit better than the NBA. Um, rare do you see at the end of two minutes, um, you know, uh, a review is the reason why it takes so long to get, like it takes 15 minutes to get through two minutes of playtime. Yeah, it's not hard to be better than the NBA at reviewing because they're it's just Terrible. painful. It's ridiculous. Yeah. At least this year, there's no fans there for the most part. But I feel like when you're like in the stadiums too, the review is just it feels like it's taken forever. I would recommend if you have the chance, go to an NCAA tournament when it comes to Seattle or Portland or uh, Climate or, Pledge. We yeah. got it in uh, 2024, I think, something like that. Yeah, it, it's on a rotating basis in the Northwest. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really cool. It's a long day. Like If you're in the first or second rounds, it's like four games the first day. It's exhausting, but it's fun. Um, probably more fun if you're betting, that, but oh, you're yeah. sweating. You, you, Zach could be sitting there for like 12 hours just sweating through games. <laughs> Noki calling him dad a whole weekend full of sweat i've actually i have been to the to the nit tournament before um i saw a couple games at, at madison square garden for that that was pretty cool was that the coup game were you at that no coup? it was god i was like a um i think it was my senior year of high school did you see anyone notable you saw north carolina play right it was the i think it was the year that dayton beat north carolina in the final right does that sound that right? sounds right that's what i remember seeing I know it was those two. I'm pretty sure it was North Carolina, but I remember Dayton winning and it was like a really close game. It was fun though. You, like it's pretty, and it was just like you're at Madison square garden too. So it's a pretty cool environment to watch basketball. The Mecca, the Mecca, not so great. Well, I guess kind of is great for the Knicks right now. Yeah. And with that transitioning to NBA takes next. <laughs> okay. So it's uh it's landscaping week out here for the pod with, with March Madness going on um, this time in, of the year, March Madness really steals all the headlines from other sports. So as far as the day to day and who's, you know, winning their games on a daily basis, I feel like this time of year in, you know, in the NBA, you're really just kind of taking a look at the landscape of the league. And right now it seems like the landscape of the league is everyone's getting hurt. I mean, I feel like this season is kind of collapsing right in front of us. Don't you guys think? Yeah. I mean, at least for the most part now, like, LeBron getting that ankle injury and then all of a sudden LaMelo with a wrist fracture. But even before that, AD and KD are both out and Embiid's out now too, right? Yeah. Embiid's out for another couple of weeks. Yeah. Like I, it sucks, but I think for the most part, some, some, like some of those top teams are just kind of playing it safe with like AD, KD and Embiid. Like they're kind of at the top of the top of the leagues right now. And so, they don't want to rush anything. And so, which I think is pretty smart um, just mainly because at least for the top teams, they're kind of set, but anything like maybe four to what the 12 seed now is kind of still like win a couple games, you can move up super fast and stuff like that. So I don't think anything's like kind of been solidified at, at those seeds, but yeah, I mean, LeBron yesterday and LaMelo today. Yeah. It's, the NBA is taking a hit. These injuries do really open it up as far as the standings go. I mean, I like, yeah, the Lakers, you would think they'd end up with a top, you know, two, three, maybe even the one seed, even without AD, they were kind of finding their stride. But without LeBron, like, I I don't know how I'd see them winning very many games over however long he's out. Oh, yeah. They looked terrible after he left yesterday's game. Oh, they looked clueless like most LeBron teams do when he's not playing. <laughs> but... um yeah, they had they had no they really need to figure out who can come in and help lead that team when LeBron's not there. It's definitely not Kyle Kuzma. Um, but there are no people. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but that but that's the thing though. They have such good like Harold, Schroeder, uh THT's doing good. Um, Kuzma's actually playing good too. And like they just need to figure out which one of those players can be that third piece, but I, I mean, it's tough, especially when you have LeBron on the team who has been carrying the workload for basically since AD's been gone is going to be pretty hard, but they need to figure something out while LeBron's gone. Yeah, I think it, this is the time of year, and I, I know it's a little weird with the schedule and the, the trading deadline is coming up at the end of the month, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, um, this week, is, I think. Is, uh, is the playoff starting on time as well, or is that pushed back a couple of weeks? It's pushed back. It's like, okay. I think it's mid to late May as opposed to like mid to late April. Okay. Well, 
so, but this is the time of year where sort of the dog days of spring, where it's in that transition period where, you know, people's attention, you know, both players and fans sort of, you know, starts to wane, you know, people are starting to watch March Madness and then the Masters after that's over. And, you know, there's a million other things. And the players, it feels like this is the time of year where they just want to get to the playoffs. You know, it's after the All-Star break. People are tired. People just want to get that final push. Um, you know, obviously this year will be a little bit different. And because every week it feels like I look up and I'm like, oh, this team's at the number one uh, seed in the East or the West. Uh, so th- that's been a little unique. It feels like this year because just how much movement and how fluid it's been, because I, I for the past half decade, we've always been sort of trained that it's OK. Well, uh, Golden State's going to be there and Houston's going to be there and Cleveland. It doesn't really matter um, if they're the one or the four seed. They'll be there at the finals at the end. But, you know, this year feels a little bit different in that sense. But, you know, I just feels like I, I, I keep hearing arguments both ways. But if I had to make a choice, I would shorten the season down even further from 82 games. Um, like I, permanently? Well, 72 now, but I would shorten it to maybe like 65. Like, uh, you know, you, you, I think if you have shorter seasons, it creates urgency and it creates more demand from the fans here. Like just naturally, like if there were 62 NFL games, we wouldn't pay attention to it. Like we do, you know, with the regular season where it's only 16 games. So, you know, I think people are just tired at this point in the year. Yeah. I feel like owners would never let that happen because it's just, it's too much money to lose. If you, cut you know a fifth of your season off every year that's just like no tv money no in stadium money especially now with the league like hemorrhaging money but yeah i think it's kind of interesting too that um i feel like adam silver got like a ton of praise for the bubble and then he really hasn't been getting as much criticism as he probably should be for how this season has gone because i mean like we ripped the nfl for having to bump games from Sunday to a Tuesday. And I mean, the NBA is canceled like multiple games every week. They're way behind the schedule. They rushed their players back from the bubble, which I think has clearly had an impact on the health of the players. I mean, if you look at the top four teams from the conference finals in the bubble, like every single one of them has had pretty significant injuries or, you know, something that's back uh, Padilla, You see this, you hear this video? see this you see what he's about to do what's he about to do he's trying to sneak in the little heat he's trying to sneak in the heat excuses here oh no we're doing good we're fine we're about to i know but you're doing that well early uh, on we sucked because of the bubble but uh now we're great and all we need to do is add bradley beal and we'll be perfect bradley beal kyle lowry lamarcus alders on a buyout drumming too (laughs) he'll come for free i i think but you gotta remember you know this was a no-win scenario for Adam Silver in the league in the terms of they had to do this because you don't want to keep pushing it off and having this weird schedule, especially with the Olympics this year. And, you know, it's just a weird transition. Like you don't want to be, you know, playing your finals in July, August, like you need to get back to somewhat normalcy here. And like they had to, they were going to have to sacrifice at some point. And it's just, they're sacrificing the short term for the long-term benefit of the league. So I think like, I give them credit in that they knew they were going to take a hit as for like the COVID situation and the amount of players that have been, you know, out throughout the season. And, you know, there's a couple of canceled games. Uh, it's that was also a no win scenario because um, a lot of these guys, you got to also remember they're younger than us playing in this league and put yourself in their shoes. Um, the freedoms that they have in some of these States where they can go out and they can go to party and they can go to clubs and, uh, like, of course, like sometimes they're coming into contact with people that, you know, uh, you know, have COVID or, or other situations like it, it was going to happen because they have all this freedom. They have, you know, they, they're not in a bubble anymore and they they go out and they want to have a good time. And I don't necessarily blame them because like you see, you know, everyone else in Miami Beach right now, like <sighs> yucking it up. Uh, State of emergency. <laughs> I know. So or maybe that was just state of emergency because they know that a because he lost three coming. straight. Yeah, it's a state of emergency. Well, <laughs> not for Pat Riley, though. No, no. They no. won today, didn't they? No, they lost. What <laughs> if they're doing that? Conspiracy, Zach, here for a second. What if they're doing that because they know a whale is incoming and they know the city's about to just pop off? 
I have a theory that uh, Hero and Duncan are just playing like shit because they think they're going to get traded and they want to they want to tank their trade value, kind of like Kyrie did earlier in the season when he just stopped coming to games for like six days. <laughs> oh my god! Katya doesn't want to move to uh, Tampa. Well, I guess yeah, maybe he she would just go to Tampa. Well, because yeah, Tampa's or Toronto. You know, just, yeah, yeah, for for the next few months. I saw maybe- a crazy uh, three team trade with the Heat, Tampa, and. Uh, and Cleveland. Oh, jeez. Kevin oh, Love something going. Is Kevin Love finally going to get traded somewhere? He finally played his first game. I saw some report from Wendy that was saying that teams aren't really interested in trading for Kevin Love. Like, I don't I know people- how his name, I, I guess it's just a bad contract, but I'm like, yeah. How was he not traded years ago? I, yeah, I don't know how they didn't. Earl, like, I'm surprised that he stuck around after like LeBron left. Well, when he signed that big contract while LeBron was there. Right, but I'm surprised that they didn't like move him then. Like, well, fuck, he got hurt, and I don't think anybody even wanted him. Yeah, it probably is the contract. He's kind of <laughs> like a Blake Griffin type of thing. You know what's fascinating to me is over the course of a year, about a year, how irrelevant first round draft picks just are. It, what, like, what's the point of even uh, a second round draft for the NBA when first round picks just don't matter anymore? It's, I mean, especially for those big market teams like they just do not i think the small teams kind of still see value in the draft picks but you're totally right like i mean you look at what like brooklyn did to trade james harden like the picks that the clippers gave up to get you know those two guys that they got like these teams just they don't have draft assets for the next like five years but they don't care yeah Yeah. it's like it's great that you're getting like 15 picks but they're all going to be in the 20s so what's it worth yeah, and it's it's just all it's all changed throughout basically the game of basketball. Like we think about like LeBron's LeBron's draft class. You had player, you had kids basically at the time that people saw potential into where okay, they can lead a franchise, like they can be a franchise player. Now it's just a lot of skilled players. But the fact that we still have players like LeBron, KD, James Harden, all these guys that are in their 30s that are still competing at a high level, it's hard to look at these college kids and kind of be like, okay, yeah, they can they can lead this franchise or they can be good in three or four years. That's kind of how I feel like how they kind of look at those things instead of like, okay, this, this rookie is going to make a difference like right now. I don't think we have that kind of talent right now, or at least people don't see it that way. And as I mean, as long as these top guys like LeBron and them are still in the league, it's going to be tough for them to really make a, make a difference and make a big impact for people to see. Well, I think that's the problem with the one and done is that these guys that are getting drafted are like 19 years old and they're coming with just one year of college experience. And they just they it's like really, really rare for your even your first round, you know, lottery pick to be a high impact player immediately. I feel like you just, you don't see that a lot. Like it, I think it's kind of a rarity nowadays. And I, I feel like that's part of why too, why teams are like, these picks just don't matter if we're, if we're going to trade, if we think we're like getting James Harden is going to make us a top three seed for the next three years, then yeah. Who cares about our 27th overall pick? Like, yeah, it doesn't matter. Chris, I'm curious from you. Cause I know, I don't think we've had you on in a while when we've talked about anything NBA related, but like, what do you think who, who I guess would be kind of your maybe like a finals prediction? Like what team like do you see right now as being probably the one that can win the championship this year? It's a little up in the air, which I think it's it's maybe even a little more exciting than the bubble was because everyone's like, ah, oh, you know, anyone can win in the bubble. And you kind of got the heat being sort of that random team that made it in. But the Lakers, of course, you know, sort of took care of business. Uh, I, I, it changes every, I mean, I would have said maybe, Hey, the 76ers got a good shot here. And now this Embiid injury kind of worries me. Um, it, but this kind of feels like it has the makings of this is the year the bucks finally break through and get to the finals. They've been under the radar. We're not talking about them because for some reason, like people have already like tuned out Giannis, even though it's been only two years of this, like kind of dominance. And it's like, Oh, you are already sick of them. Like, okay. But this kind of feels like it's got the makings of, all right, the bucks do this thing where it's like, everyone acts surprised. Like, Whoa, they finally did it. They broke through <laughs> after two decades. Like what? Um, I, I, if I had to put money down on it, I mean, I mean, 
I don't, I don't know the extent of this LeBron injury, but I might say conference finals would look like Philly bucks. And then do you trust the jazz to get to the conference finals against the Lakers? I don't know. Like yeah, the, jazz the whole, like the Lakers later. situation, if you're a Lakers fan, you gotta be sweating a little bit right now. Cause like LeBron, okay. He's out indefinitely. You got to assume he'll be back this season, but like, an ankle injury like that could linger with you for a while. Um, so, and then AD, the Achilles thing, that's got to be having them scared out of their mind. Um, I just don't know. Like the West is kind of this weird, op- like I don't trust Phoenix. I don't trust Utah. I don't <laughs> trust Denver. I don't trust any of the teams that are in that conference. What about your Clippers? Don't trust them. <laughs> like honest, like yeah, like you kind of forget about the Clippers. Like oh yeah, like you guys are still around. And it sounds like you're not. Are are you not sold on the the Nets with James Harden? Uh, people people are keep saying you know hey well let let's see let's see you in the playoffs when they actually have to play some defenses, and let's see what happens when KD has to play a lot of minutes all of a sudden. So that's like that's another thing where it's like. We just have to wait and see. Like they they look great. They they played great ever since you know Harden came on. But I don't the the, the load of the playoffs. The, 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 that's the biggest thing with the NBA is you have two different seasons. You have the regular season, you have the playoffs. They are two completely different monsters. And you've seen it time and time again over the years where teams that play in the regular season well aren't necessarily good in the playoffs at all. Atlanta can tell you that. Toronto can tell you that. I know yeah, I just gave are... a bunch of non-answers, but <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. You did name about six teams there that that you'd say have a shot, but I, but I think you're right. I mean, it's there. I think the injuries play such like they give such uncertainty to. Yeah, I, I think you're totally right. Like Lakers fans are probably freaking out right now because you don't really you don't even have a timetable for LeBron coming back. AD, I would imagine they're not going to rush him back, especially now with LeBron being out. Um, and I think you could, you could just see that team start losing game after game and falling pretty far into the standings. And I think no matter what they would have a you know good shot in a first round matchup if they're healthy, but you still don't want to be like going into the playoffs as the seven seed and having to, you know, play the best teams right up front. See, I would still like be a really afraid of them if they were a seven seed. It's not necessarily like they'd be the greatest seven seed ever. Like Utah would be like, ah, oh, shit. Like, yeah, <laughs> we had to go up against them in the first round. Like we had this great season and now we get the Lakers full strength. Um, even though, but like if they're for some reason not available in that first round um, or even one of the two isn't available for the first round, I think that's where they could be vulnerable. Oh yeah. yeah. I think if, I mean, if you don't have LeBron, I think even if they had AD without LeBron, I could see them being a first round exit. And if you just have LeBron, then maybe that's like that a 50 50 chance right there. Yeah. Maybe that gets you to the conference finals, but even then like some of these teams that, I mean, we've seen like LeBron and the Lakers without AD, like they just, their defense isn't as good. They, it's just a lot for him to carry. Padilla, what are your thoughts? I know. Are you still riding high with the nets? I'm assuming. Yeah, I mean, kind of at least. I mean, they almost lost today to the Wizards. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, like Kriseni said, like obviously without having KD, we're seeing the kind of potential that they have. And James Harden and Kyrie are having a hell of a season so far. But, yeah, like, I mean, getting KD involved after him being out for a while is definitely going to, change change some things in their lineup i mean especially with blake griffin who just played today too um i mean they have the most they have the most firepower so obviously like on paper they look great i think um with the bucks adding pj tucker that kind of pushes them towards the top uh giannis has kind of been flying underneath the radar this season just because of how well other teams have been doing and i think the expectation from Giannis, I mean, we've had the same expectation for him for the last like two years, which is winning a championship and him not being able to do that so far. People are kind of just kind of doubting him. I, w- I feel like in a way, 
they ain't coming out and saying that they're doubting him, but obviously like the media really isn't going at him like they were the last few years and bringing his name up in headlines and stuff like that. But I think that PJ Tucker uh, trade definitely helps them improve a lot more, but yeah, the West is just kind of, the West is just kind of up in the air right now, obviously, even with the jazz at the top seed, I still think it, the Lakers, the Lakers have the West um, unless the Clippers can somehow go and pull out a point guard. Cause I feel like that's what they need right now. They can kind of make that jump, but yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be tough once playoff time comes, like Chris, said, yeah, if the Lakers somehow are the seventh seed going up against the jazz. Oh yeah. The jazz are going to be definitely really scared to compete against them, but I don't know how many more games do we have like 30 I think 30 or so yeah i mean there's yeah. it's still a good we're a little a little over the halfway point because the all-star break was a little before the halfway point so there's still a lot of games left but yeah but i think now like those teams like like the wizards and those teams that are kind of like on the edge for the for like the 10th seed at least get into the 10th seed it's kind of coming down to the end for them so they got to start figuring out their shit before they kind of begin to get eliminated as games go by. I think the biggest kind of like bummer that happened with the Harden trade is it really felt like the NBA was moving into kind of back into that. Like it's a two star per team league. I mean, I felt like last year was probably even with the COVID stuff happening was one of the most fun seasons I can remember because it, you really did have not a great idea of who was actually going to win in the playoffs because yeah, every team not every team, but all of the top, you know, five, 10 teams, they all had two star players and then a bunch of role guys. And now with um, Kyrie Harden and Durant all on the same team, I mean, you're, I, I feel like we haven't had besides the warriors a couple of years ago, like, which was super dominant. It's just when you have three guys that are at that level on the same team, I think it becomes really challenging to compete with them in the playoffs, even if they, aren't playing defense and defense has been pretty non-existent in the league this year. I think a lot. Yeah. I mean, you're seeing the, the inability for teams to like hold practices or have like a training camp. Like, I think that's a huge reason why defense has been so bad, but I think if, unless things get better in the NBA and like the players are able to start actually practicing, I don't know that we're going to see defenses improve much this season. So you might just see a team like the Nets smoke everyone because they've got three stars and everyone else has two to give yeah. the listeners an idea of like what we talk about when it comes to the NBA. If you were to just look at our group text, you would think that the wizards were going to the finals and the mellow <laughs> ball was MVP. <laughs> you know, and let's not, let's not couple that into all three of us. That's literally just Padilla's opinions right there. That's it not just, even me either. Get the hell out of here. It just feels like I'm like, oh, the Wizards are like one three straight. They've beat the well, the Lakers and the Clippers. Like, if what? anything, if it comes down to the Wizards, that's more Zach because they just keep beating his teams. How many teams <laughs> do you have again, Zach? Well, who? Wait, what teams of mine did they beat? Uh, the Heat and then the Nuggets. It was during that little like eight game win, like six or seven game winning streak that they had. Uh, they beat they the Heat just... like a month ago without Jimmy Butler, so I'm not too worried about that. <gasps> Excuses. We're fine over here. Cougs take the lead. Know, 140 to play. Find out if the Cougs win next. So like Zach said, obviously March Madness is here. It's kind of taking the spotlight from NFL free agency, the NBA trade deadline, and just every sport in general. And so we're going to go ahead and discuss uh, free agency right now, kind of give our takes on the most surprising pickups, which teams improved, which teams declined, and just kind of give our own opinion, too, on what we want our team to be doing this offseason. So I'm going to kind of go ahead and start it off with you, Kriseni. What have you seen so far that's kind of shocked you a little bit? Um, in terms of shocking, nothing's really been that surprising, except, you know, I think the two biggest headlines were – you know, the Bucs returning a lot of players, so they're going to be just as talented as last year. And, you know, the Patriots, you know, just having all this money to go after. Um, the, the part that I love about this time of year is usually we're a few weeks removed from 
the combine where we overreact on 21 year old kids running 40 year old, 40 year old, 40 Hand yard size. drills, <laughs> Hand size, bench press, uh, long jump, like all these things. I'm like, how does this translate again to uh, the, the football field? Whatever. And, you know, usually we that like lasts us. Uh, you know, a few weeks in terms of content for the draft. And now we got the draft coming up in about a month or so. And like, I love a good mock draft. I don't know about you guys, but I love a good mock draft just to see like the scenarios. And this year it feels like there are so many quarterbacks that like, I like, it's so crazy to see the ones that the people, these experts that have like quarterbacks going one through five. I'm like, are you serious? Like, do you not understand like how this works exactly? Like, I feel like <laughs> conspiracy, Alex time. I feel like it's almost like teams have become so bad at scouting that they just go to Mel Kiper and be like, Hey, who should we pick? I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing with my job. I only got this job because my dad is rich. Um, <laughs> like, like it feels like that. And it like, like, I'm like, convince me otherwise that this isn't like GMs aren't the most worthless, you know, positions in sports because they're all bad at it. It seems like, um, you know, I, I love the idea of like, it's all the draft is always more interesting when there are quarterbacks at the top naturally. Right. Whenever like an offensive lineman is going to be the top pick um, that's just not sexy enough for, you know, content for ESPN and, 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 you know, who's going to go first, second and third, but like you got, let's see, who do you got? Um, uh, we know where Trevor Lawrence is going to go. Right. Then you got Zach Wilson, you got Trey Lance, you got Justin Fields, um, I don't like Mac Jones. I just don't, <laughs> don't, I see bust written all over that. Sorry, Zach, your boy at Bama. Um, don't you think like, Trevor Lawrence is going to be a bust too? Wasn't that your, one of your like bets for 2021 was that Trevor Lawrence? Is oh yeah, be? that's right. Wow. <laughs> oh, <laughs> are you, are you abandoning the take? He was about to go off about Trevor Lawrence too, probably. See, maybe you know, the Trevor Lawrence thing, it's, I got that on my side because he's going to be on such an awful team that he's not going to be any good. And they're getting worse, dude. They just oh. keep like they keep signing people that they probably shouldn't need to, and they're spending all their. Well, they haven't spent that much money, but they're. I just they're, yeah, they really they haven't been be, getting better. You're going to beat the Titans and the Colts? No, you're not. Like it's they they get a long long road, and you also have a, co- a coach that's not going to make it. Like if he if Mervin Meyer was having heart attacks after every loss in college football, what's I mean. <laughs> Yeah. What's what's the NFL going to do to him? The stress Plus, of the NFL yeah. is immense. Plus, he hired a racist coach, so he's already starting off bad. Yeah, I just don't think that experience <laughs> yeah, that guy work got out. cut quick. Like <laughs> Urban Meyer, like he's he was already complaining about the about uh, free agency in the uh, NFL, and like, oh, you can't just go hand uh, you know piles you can't of cash give cars to, to players' uh, moms, and then uh, yeah, they'll come to play for you. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't work. Doesn't work that way, Urban. There are rules here. <laughs> Did you guys uh, like the all the Patriots signings? Like, do you? I guess not. Did you like them? But do you think that that's going to make them relevant? Like, is this is are the Pats back in contention to win that division now, or do you think they're still? I I for me out? I think so because I mean last year was a shit storm, and they still went seven and nine. They they improved their defense a lot, especially at the linebacker position. They have more depth in the wide receiver position. I don't necessarily know how good their wide receivers are going to be, but they still don't uh, have someone who can throw to them either. That's that's the thing. Everything's set in place for Cam Newton to have one hell of a year, but it's up to him to figure out if he can even throw the ball or make anything out of this team because it all just it all really falls on him. I don't think. I, I think there's still a move to be made with the Patriots in the quarterback position. They, they, I, I think there's a good chance you see them draft a quarterback in the first round. Well, I feel like Cam seeing... was just a placeholder for them to be able to say to all these free agents, be like, hey, like we we have Cam Newton. Like it's not Jared Sidham that you're going to be catching balls yeah. from. Like, well, that's well, that's what one thing that they were saying too that they'd like to bring up during the whole Belichick and Tom Brady divorce. That with Tom Brady gone, there's no attraction in New England. So that's what, then I kept hearing a lot of things about them re-signing Cam Newton because it's Cam Newton. He's a former MVP and he still has somewhat potential. And so, like you said, yeah, it's a big name at that quarterback position. So it's going to lure in some players at least, but 
I mean, I thought they were going to hit the jackpot with some like good, good players, like top wide receivers. But I mean, the two tight ends that they got are really good. So, I mean, hopefully they can go back to that two tight end uh, formation with like Gronk and the murderer at the time. The murderous tight end. Yep. Watch out for those uh, fins, though. I feel like they're kind of on the up and up, too. I don't know, dude. I mean, they're, they've been signing some good players, but... They finally I, got a good receiver for Yeah, I'm, for just, I'm just curious about Tua. Like, because, I mean, before they started him, then they took him out and they had Fitz, Fitz Magic come in for him. Now who's their backup? Yeah, I'm honestly not sure who the backup is, but... Oh, it's uh, Jacoby Brissett, I think. Oh, yeah, they just uh, – yeah, so I can see Jacoby Reset stealing that starting position, honestly. Yeah, I don't know. I, th- I think they've still got faith that Tua will be the starter because last year was kind of weird having him start – come in like midseason and be the starter. But um, I-, I think that they'll – at least now they'll feel like they'll have a better time during the offseason being able to like get him ramped up and ready. And having good receivers helps too. They still have that number three overall pick too. So yeah, we'll see what they can kind of turn that into. Did you see what happened with one of their trades that they just did? What? He was like a former first round pick and um, he got traded from, I don't know where he got traded from, but he, I think he like failed his physical, didn't show up to workouts or whatever. And then they cut him. He's supposed Damn. to be he's supposed to be a good offensive lineman for him. And the guy just was not interested and got cut. Damn. Hate to I think see his it. name was like, yeah. <laughs> and for our listeners following along, the the Cougs have been defeated. <laughs> Fought valiantly to the end. But well, I don't even want to look at my bracket now. <laughs> you just lost <laughs> but, your champion. <laughs> but his women's brackets in shambles. <laughs> um, but Zach, is there anything that you've seen from the Broncos that has been good. I saw that they just signed uh, Kyle Fuller from Chicago. Yeah, I, I they're I mean they're kind of the same thing as the Pats. It's like it's all the quarterback situation that's just kind of an unknown. I mean, Drew Locke still didn't like didn't make anyone more confident in him after this last season. Um, I like they just I they're kind of in the hunt for the Deshaun Watson stuff. It sounds like if that trade were it's to happen still a thing. yeah if, if it ever goes down but i don't know I, I mean they did get von miller back i think their defense will be will be better this year but i'm still like it's just with drew lock you just don't know they don't really have good protection for him either so they've got great like offensive weapons but we'll just see if they can actually use them or not speaking of quarterback position what the hell is this trubisky to the buffalo bills yeah that was random that yeah, the thing is, he's just there to be a backup, honestly. I mean, and the Bears, if you're a Bears fan right now, you're pretty down bad. And the best thing that you could do possibly is just to hope that your team drafts a QB at this point and hope that that person pans out. That's the only hope you have. They feel like they're the worst situation of any team right now because they've got a great defense. So they kind of keep getting middle tier draft picks, but they just can't get the quarterback right. And they don't have really any hope. <laughs> He'll make it all. <laughs> I, I I think the worst fan base right now in terms of feeling has to be the Texans one, knowing that Deshaun yeah. Watson put up MVP numbers last year and they still were absolutely terrible. And so I think the Texans could be easily the worst team in the, in the league this year. Yeah, true. The Texans. Could. I mean, maybe I guess for them, maybe the hope would be that you do trade him and you get some godfather offer that gives you a ton of great assets. But yeah, I think you're right. They're also up there. They're just... They're looking down bad. Anything from your Panthers, Kruseni? We're gonna have, we're gonna have a new QB oh. this year. Um, just matters. Uh, it sounds like Trey Lance is is right now the uh, the pick that the Deshaun like. Watson the new QB. I I mean Deshaun Watson is is gonna be in terms of if he's gonna be traded to like it's Panthers are in that one or two teams, but um, if it's not Deshaun, it's gonna be either Trey Lance and uh, Mac Jones. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> gulp i just i I, it's gotten bust written all over it just yep yeah i mean when you have all the the best players in the whole in literally yeah surrounded by the best yeah best best players best coach yeah and uh i can see that he had a heisman wide receiver he's thrown to (laughs) 
All right, everybody. Thanks for joining. I hope uh, when you all hear this pod Monday morning that your brackets are still surviving and probably going to be looking better than ours. Padilla, Kriseni, always a great time with uh, you guys on the pod. You know, it's always fun. Thanks for having me. And Zach, if you need, if I got, I got a last tip for you. If you, know, uh, gambling you want advice? Well, no, if you, yeah, well, I mean, if you got any, you know, bets or your bracket doesn't want to get busted, I got a tip for you. You're going to want to go to Chicago and pray with Sister Jean. <laughs> and that's how you're going to be able to have these picks last. I wouldn't go near that woman with a 10-foot maybe, pole. Maybe she'll give you some of her sorcery. You can be able to predict some of these games. God, I just I don't want to hear the opportunity to keep taking attention away from the kids on that team. <laughs> the student-athletes? Get over yourself, Sister Jean. All right, everyone. See you next week. Later.